Hey, Mac, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the fourth and long pod as our first double-digit week of fantasy football is in the books, Tones. Yes, sir. I'm depressed, man. I know you are. I'm depressed. Drew Brees is dead. He is so dead. He doesn't have lungs anymore, apparently. You were, you and I were texting last night, and you said, and I quote, I think I might cry, man. I, uh, fuck, man. Fuck! This team is just rounding into form, Doors. Not gonna watch Jameis. This guy's gonna take years off my life. He already made like three throws on Sunday. I was just like, oh my god, there's three defenders there. Please don't do that. If Drew Brees misses three weeks, how many wins will Jameis eat while Drew Brees is out? Three. Three wins. Three and oh, baby. Wow. I have faith. It just won't be pretty getting there. Yeah, it won't be pretty at all. When the defense will fucking carry, which is always terrifying with the New Orleans Saints. When you watch the Saints, will you be holding your... Hold, hold, I'll be holding <laughs> You will. That was cool. I hope that sounded cool. I'm sure it will. <laughs> so week 10 tones, that means there's only three weeks remaining in the fantasy football regular season. I think it's time that we talk about something fun off the top. We've been doing this lately. Let's do it. You have a note. What is it? A stat? Is it something that Devontae Adams said? It's no, it's DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this is, I think he played Miami and I think he only had like two or three catches, but he had four pass interference calls on him. And he was saying like, Basically, the quote is, I still contributed to the win, and receivers should get credit for the yardage they accumulate on pass interference. Oh. And I was like, yeah, I kind of like that. Why the fuck not? Okay, so... Let's say you. So hold on. Let's do, let's, do a little, let's do a little debate topic here then. So your take on DeAndre Hopkins is that you think that pass interference yards should be counted for wide receiver stats. And for fantasy, yes. Why? Because I want more points, man. Give me them. It's a good thing. If you draw a pass interference call, yep. you did a good job as a wide receiver. You did. Right? Of course. Why shouldn't you? The, the ball moved forward. Do it. Well, why don't we kick off our first official debate topic of this podcast with the following. What do you mean? Tones. What do you mean? And thank you, Mike Dotto, by the way, for that beautiful drop, which he doesn't even know he sent, but he did. Tones, he didn't catch the ball. If D-Hop, no, if D-Hop didn't catch the ball, then those yards don't actually count towards his stats. That doesn't make any fucking, is water wet? This doesn't, <laughs> you sound like this right doesn't make, water is wet. This doesn't make any sense. Like, I understand where you're coming from in terms of, I want all of the fantasy points. I get it, but... I mean, this is, we're not PPR for a reason. We're also not bullshit for a reason. Not that's yet. Fucking, that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. He didn't catch the ball. I like it. No, I like it. I just want more points, man. I want more points. He did his job. He did a great job. What say you, HMD fan base? Guys, all eight, <laughs> eight people. All eight people who are listening. <laughs> and your mom. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and all of the wives and fiancés that may or may not be listening. Tell us what Reluctantly. you think. We need a debate in the chat on this very topic. Let's go into the news of the week because it was the trade deadline and it passed and we had six trades to go through. We're going to start with a trade that Dan made to me, uh, Dan trading Tyler Boyd and a 13th to me for Keelan Cole, who was dropped and a fourth. This to me tones, and I'll just get it out of the way here was just about, I had a lot of picks in top 30. I had a fourth round. I had two fourth round picks. In fact, Mike's is even before mine. And I figured I'd take a shot on a guy who could potentially be a keeper. It's a 25, 26-year-old receiver whose rapport with uh, Joe Burrow is through the roof. 
Without AJ Green soaking up any sort of the shit targets he's gathering this year, I think that him and T. Higgins are going to be like wide receiver 1A, B status next year. Possibly something like Claypool and Deontay. And I figured, why not take a shot on a fourth for a guy that could be really good? So you actually think he could be a keeper? Because there was confusion in our chat of like, this door's buying right now? Like, what the hell's going on? And I just thought, hey, this is a good move to potentially help you win a game in the loser bracket. But so Dan me actual saying, keeper, Tyler Boyd? Dan me asking if I wanted help in the loser bracket. Yeah. And I asked him who was for sale. When he mentioned Boyd's name, to me, it was a no-brainer. What do you want? Fourth? Great. And it actually went through pretty quickly. I'm not saying Tyler Boyd is going to be a keeper. But if you look at my team, there aren't a ton of guys who are like bonafide keeper guys other than Jacobs. Possibly Sutton. Possibly even Dak. We're looking at guys like Claypool and who knows what else. But for a guy like Boyd, I think that he's already been wide receiver 2-3. And I think he only gets better with another year of Burrow. And I don't know if it's going to happen or translate, but for a fourth, yeah, I'll make my team better for the loser bracket, but I may actually have a guy who's worth keeping next year, depending on how the rest of the year next mm-hmm. year shakes out. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Yep. Nick, trading. Le'Veon Bell, Matt Prater, Trash. a 13th to Ryan for John Brown, a 10th. This, by the way, thank you to Ryan for this one. This is the second time in league history that Ryan has traded John Brown to Nick. It also happened in 2018. The trade was one for one. John Brown for Sony Michelle. Nick trades for John Brown. John Brown gets hurt. Not too much of a shock there. Le'Veon Bell's, Le'Veon Bell's washed. Trash. And Matt Prater is scoring more points than whoever Nick has as a kicker. Let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> All that is is just getting Lev off your roster. And exactly. I like it. This is where things get interesting, and this mm-hmm. is where we'll kind of dive into things. We'll start with Mike's moves. CRG trading Chris Carson and a sixth to Mike for Jamison Crowder and a second. Also, Mike acquiring Robert Woods. Um hold on so Dan oh sorry my mistake Dan trades Woods in a 12th to Mike for a third and Jalen Ragor okay so Mike loading up Mike gets Chris Carson who's been banged up all year Chris Carson is a very good running back but hasn't really been on the field in the last three to four weeks Carson is Mike's replacement for Zeke we'll talk about that in a second he also acquires Robert Woods a guy that he may or may not be starting in his flex from time to time how do you feel about these moves is there anything in particular that you want to touch on I feel this was very expensive for Mike. This doesn't seem worth it at all. What did he give up for Gurley? Was that the first? So it was Thielen and Gurley. So Thielen and Gurley. A first and a fourth. So he has spent, and I know it's not direct, but he has spent a first and a second to address running back. Yeah. When you already have Derrick Henry, Zeke, shouldn't Gurley have solved this issue? It's a lot of capital to be spending on one running back spot if we're excluding Henry here because he's in your lineup every single week. Carson is banged up. They're passing the ball a lot in Seattle. I love Chris Carson. I think he's a great, great player. I think he's injuries are the only thing that's kept him from being a keeper in this league for the last couple of years. Yeah. And I just think that's just bad asset management by Mike. Sure, acquire the players. At the end of the day, the roster is the roster, and if it makes your roster better, fucking go for it. But every single week, he's going to be debating to himself, Zeke, Gurley, or Carson. Every single week. You better pick right, Mike, because that could be trouble. I don't know if he's actually going to be doing the debate. I think that it's going to be really simple. Who is, among those three, actually healthy right. and actually scoring on a recency bias, in a recency bias standpoint? If Gurley finally has his dud week, he may not start for Mike next week. And to be honest, and we'll talk about this more later, I don't know if Zeke is ever starting for Mike again. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll get into it in a bit. 
If Chris Carson is healthy, he is starting for Mike. And to me, that seems like a no-brainer. We've been waiting for Gurley to fall off the wagon. His knees are shot. And if the weather is cold in any of his matchups, I don't think Gurley starts. Mike will make that decision. But I think he's taking all of the bites he can to give himself all the opportunity. And much like Nick, with all the trades that Nick has made, as long as Mike wins the whole damn thing, it doesn't matter what he gave up. Right, but someone's going to lose. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's just, I don't know. I just, listen... In a vacuum, Carson, getting Carson is great. It solves his problem, right? I like Carson a lot. Where I really lose it on Mike with these two trades is Robert Woods, who I traded to Dan this year and was perfectly fine giving him up. Here's some numbers on Robert Woods. First of all, he's basically an RB2. So really, is he the running back they acquired? I think he has like, what, three or four rushing TDs this year? I can't tell because Yahoo won't fucking show me. But yeah, so Woods, here's the biggest problem, okay? Woods has eight or more targets in just three games this season. Mm -hmm. That's it. Three games with five receptions or less. What did I just say? Three games with five or less? Three games. Incorrect. Six games with five receptions or less. I don't know why I said three. Six games, doors, five yep. receptions or less. Yep. He is a touchdown-dependent guy. I said this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Woods on Dan's team. That offense is not the same offense as it was two years ago. Yep. Woods is gonna he's gonna make you sweat if you're starting him. He's gonna make you sweat, especially in a playoff matchup, because if he doesn't get the touchdown, it's three points, like we just saw this week. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he was worth that price. You know what's interesting about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is that a couple years ago. I mean, even as recently as last year, these guys were really, really good in an offense that threw a lot, but now they run a lot. I compare them almost as like a poor man's uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And it's weird because the Seahawks used to run a hell of a lot more, and now they're passing a lot. And those teams have kind of switched identities in the same division, the Rams and the Seahawks, right? Metcalf is going to go off, and Lockett is going to have a quiet day. Or Woods is going to go off and Cup is going to have yeah. a quiet day. Or the tight ends. The difference to me is that the ceiling on the Seattle guys compared to the ceiling yeah. on the Rams guys is much different. And I don't think that Woods is going to be any more than a flex guy for Mike in a, in the right matchup. But I don't know when he's going to know when to start him. That's all. Yes. Woods used to be the safest wide receiver in our fantasy league for a couple years there because he was guaranteed volume. He was going to get just seven catches a week, bar none. He, his floor was like 10 and if he gets a touchdown, it's 16, 17, 18. That is not the case anymore. If Julio and Kenny Galladay are healthy, Robert Woods does not start for Mike on any given yeah. week. And that is assuming that Tyler Lockett is healthy and playing because Lockett moves into his flex. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But again, you talk about asset management, and I will rebuttal and just say that Mike has this feeling that he's going to win the whole damn thing. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he gives up as long as he pulls it off. But again, if he doesn't, that's a problem. The same goes for you. The same goes yep. for Nikki and yep. the guys who have made the trades. Um, so we focus in a little bit on Dan now because the next trade to talk about, the second last, is that Dan traded Stefan Diggs, Darrell Henderson, and a 12th plus a 13th to Rich for a first, a fourth, Cole Beasley, who's a wide receiver one, and Jordan Domin- Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins? No. Yeah. Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins. So Dan acquiring a third, Ragor, who's a young player. He gets a first and a fourth. Dan couldn't decide what he wanted to be this year. But when push came to shove at the end of it all, he acquired assets. He got players back. And more specifically, he got picks back, especially picks that he had given up. Mm-hmm. Gives up his first, gets a first back. Any thoughts specifically on Dan or Rich, for that matter, on what's going on here? Very surprised Dan traded Diggs. Yeah. Very surprised. Thought he'd be his keeper. Thought he'd be a good keeper. Um, but get your first. 
do it. Take yeah. your shot and call it a day. The problem is, is that it could be a mid first, depending on where Rich goes, and it sounds like he's playoff bound. What if that's the seventh pick? Is that worth it by giving up a keeper? I don't know. You know what I mean? Especially with Dan's situation. Um, I want to know. I want to just take an overview of Dan's situation. Like, I'm not going to do it right now, but like, I just want to know what his plan is going into next year's draft. I'm very curious to see what he's going to do. Is he going to go super young? Is he going to try? Like, there's going to be a lot of talent, as we all know, but like, man, he's got to nail the draft next year. Nail it. Like, the pressure on him is probably more than it is on you in terms of draft picks. I think. If you don't mind, I I think that Dan looks at his running back situation right now with Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift, who we'll talk about more later, and he thinks, I'm back. It's not Saquon, but DeAndre Swift, based on his usage, could be an RB1. Totally agree. And all he has to do is pick between a guy like Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans, and Terry McLaurin to be his wide receiver too, and he'll somehow figure out the rest later. Mm -hmm. Even if that means that two RBs elevate him to a top four position in the league and he pays a first next year and does more buying because that's what he does best (laughs) and gets his wide receiver one. But I think he looks at those three guys and says, between those three receivers, I can pick a guy and I can be okay. And he may not have the same keeper situation he had before, but I think considering the, the selling that he did at the very end of this, right before the deadline, Dan is actually in better shape than he much better shape than he was a week ago and deserves a little more, a little credit for that. Well, let's let's do that. While we're on this topic, let's do the Michael Thomas trade tree now that everything's done. Sure. Okay, I'm going to throw this by you, okay? Yep. Michael Thomas, he traded to me for George Kittle and Robert Woods. Okay. Both of those guys are no longer on his team. So here's the whole trade tree. Kittle turned into Deontay Johnson, yep. Hollywood Brown, who we should demote to what? Like the Valley Brown, Hollywood? You don't deserve that name. Uh, Zach Moss was the other guy in that deal. He trades Woods for a third and Jalen Rager. So basically, it's Mike Thomas for Deontay, Hollywood, Zach Moss, Rager, a third. What do you think about that? Good? Bad? Ugly? It's not It's not great. I'm not saying Jalen Rager or Deontay Johnson are keepers, but those are bites at the apple for sure, and he also gets a third back. I think that when we talk about Julio Jones with Ryan, we did this in, in, the, in the draft night pod, we couldn't believe that all it took to finally pry Julio from Ryan's team after all the opportunity he may have had before, was Kenyon Drake for Mm -hmm. Mike. We were kind of shocked about that. I think that if Dan feels that Mike Thomas is not going to be Mike Thomas ever again, and if that ends up coming to fruition, then he actually did okay. He didn't do great. He didn't do great. If Deontay Johnson doesn't doesn't end up being a keeper, then really it was all for naught. Mm-hmm. And if Mike Thomas is even a shell of his former self next year, then it really was a bit of a waste. But let's keep in mind what Dan was trying to do. And this is very important to give yes, him credit it for. Is. He was buying because he still had an opportunity to compete. Mike T was out. Yep. Saquon was out for the season. If his window, with Chubb being healthy, and all of these things that were, were lining up for him, if all of these things worked out, he would have been okay. Kittle dies. Eckler dies. Mike Evans banged up every single week. The list would go on and on. And in one day, he lost three players in five minutes. Mm-hmm. You couldn't really see that coming. So we're not going to make Dan, when we do this, and we'll do it in a second, we're going to give some trade deadline winners, losers, season long, sorry, winners and losers of trades. We don't really have Dan ranked anywhere there because he was up against circumstances that were out of his control. I don't know. I just... It's hard for me to really put a stamp on what Dan has done this year because he just had so little control over what happened and he just kept buying because he thought he had a good core. So I don't know if there's any closing thoughts on that. We can kind of end Dan there and slide on to the next uh, next situation. But Let's do winners and losers. Let's do it. We have one more trade just quickly before oh. we get out of here. I just want to give a shout out to Nick who doesn't have a pick until the seventh round in 2021. 
but CRG <laughs> does he have a pick in 2021? Right. Can we confirm? I, I know, right? Uh, he should just auto draft. Just auto draft. Might as well at this point. Fuck it. CRG trading Cooper Cup an 11th and a 13th to Nick for a fifth and a seventh, and again, just what is this guy? I don't know. He's got Nick. Nick's crazy. Yeah, like four seven. Nick's crazy. Five Cooper, eights. Cooper Cup along the same lines of the Woods thing, and this goes with the. The Rams just not being the same team. Like, we all just keep treating Woods and Cup as the same thing, and they're just not. Cup has only three games with more than 10 points this year. That's yeah. it. He's been hurt a lot this year, playing through some stuff. Sure. He's not that red zone touchdown every week kind of guy, man. Like, wasn't so long ago, right? Week three last year, I think it was. Ryan was declaring Cup potentially a keeper for his squad. Now, not so much. I don't know. Again, another, another price to pay for a guy. I mean, it's a fifth and a seventh, so who cares? But, like... To not have any picks in the first seven rounds, like, listen, I don't really think the draft is that important as this league continues to prove, but man, you're just limiting your options there for a guy that might not even help you. I think that, I know this sounds crazy, but I think that all he was trying to do was buy himself a win this week. Mm -hmm. He plugged Cooper Cup into his lineup, and if John Brown and Cup are out of the lineup, he instead plugs in Amari Cooper and Tyree Kill. And I honestly think that Nick just wanted to solidify a buy. And in order to do that, he acquired a guy like Cooper Cup, who had a glorious matchup against a Seattle team who gives up a lot of fantasy points to receivers. Mm -hmm. It didn't end up mattering, but what if it did? What if Cup gave him the 10 points that Sanders put up less than a point? Emmanuel Sanders, I mean. So I honestly think, and this might sound crazy, but Nick is a fucking maniac. I think he (laughs) paid a fifth and a seventh to buy a win. And it may not have worked, but he's also paid a first to a seventh to try to buy the entire season. So, I don't know. I think that's honestly what he did. Right now, you have two seconds to answer. Right now, who's the craziest person in our league? Nick or Dan? Go. Dan. Oh! Absolute maniac. Love it. Yeah. Considering his keepers. I don't want to even explain, but there's just so much. There's just so much <laughs> that's to talk okay. about. Three seconds or less. So, the trade deadline passed midnight Saturday night. And I put a little note in our doc here. Or did it? You don't know what that means. Here's what it actually means. This is actually kind of funny, to be honest. Okay. The trade deadline is 11.59 p.m. on Saturday night. And every year, it's at 11.59 p.m. It's actually Pacific time. Oh yeah. Which means that it's actually not. It's it's 2:59 a.m. Eastern time. And I know this because Dan had proposed a trade and I made it clear in the chat. Yeah. Everyone fuck off. I'm busy. All day Saturday <laughs> I was busy. All no, all day Saturday I was busy. I was out. I was doing things, enjoying my life, okay? And I come back to a trade from Dan at 12:45 in the morning. And the deadline's passed, but I see the trade and I asked Dan, are you still down for this trade? And he's like, yeah, but the deadline's passed. And then I remember what I said. Absolutely no trades beyond midnight. Everyone oh go fuck themselves. Oh my God. And I had, we had talked about the trade. It wasn't going to happen anyway. It's fine. It's not a big deal. But I just found out in that moment that the trade would have been purged if the deadline had passed. Turns out it didn't because it's specific time. However... I'm glad that we still kept the midnight deadline, and we will continue to do that in the future. There would have been some riots in the tr- in the chat if that were to go through. Tones, we're going to go through winners and losers of trades this season, the entire season. And the stipulation here is simple. Who improved their situation the best? And we start with the winners. Thank you, God. Victory! And you're going to go first. I'm going to let you tell me who you think of all the 10 teams in our league this season who improved their situation the best and has declared your winner of trades in this fantasy football season? He, uh, this is a comeback of epic proportions, but I'm going with Ryan because wow. in week five, that wasn't the case. But he has done some work in recent weeks. I just like what he's done. I think in terms of, I'm, I'm looking at this through 
value in terms of, like you said, improving your situation, regardless of whether you're going for the title or going for next year. He's already got a really, really stud young running back in um, J.K. Dobbins. We know that guy's going to be a thing next year, and it's going to be good. He goes out and gets CeeDee Lamb, who's a keeper at this point, only gives up a third-round pick for it. Gives up a bunch of players and acquires George Kittle. Doesn't have to give up an early pick to acquire a guy. There's your three keepers right there. You just you just got it, right? I like doing all that without having to give up much draft capital for next season. He still has two firsts. Um, he has his second. He has no third and two fourths. That's more than enough. That's more than enough. The only thing I can potentially knock him on is trading DeAndre Swift. But I honestly don't even care that much about it because... He replaced that guy with another keeper in either CD or Kittle, depending on the way you look at it. I don't know, man. I really like it. And like, if you really want to go at it in a roundabout way, he only traded Hunter Henry for Swift, which is just excellent. And then turned Swift in a package for Kittle, which in in essence is Hunter Henry and some other stuff for George Kittle. Like that's just really smart asset management. If Mike's asset management is one side of the spectrum, what Ryan just did, is a good thing. I well, like that. It's funny because I am actually going to give mine. My winner is going to be Mike in, in my honorable mention, I guess, because I, I actually do agree with you when we think about this and break it down. I agree with everything you're saying, but if I'm going to pick someone else and it's funny because you just kind of ripped him up a bit is I actually do think it's Mike. He got a starting quarterback in Justin Herbert for nothing. And Herbert's a QB one. If you want to take it even as far back as the draft, he turned a loser into Julio Jones. Yeah. And if you end up getting Julio as Julio can be, I don't care if he doesn't catch a touchdown in week 14, 15, 16. If he gets 100 plus yards in your flex, that's huge. We haven't seen a healthy Kenny Galladay. That depth pushes a guy like Julio down. And getting Adam Thielen from me and Todd Gurley, who have turned into top 5 to 10, respectively, wide receivers and running backs in this league for just a first and a fourth. Mm -hmm. I know Gurley we slam all the time, but in terms of the numbers... Gurley has one Mike Weeks, as crazy as that sounds, and Thielen has done the same. I think that his asset management, I know that you talk about trading away picks and what it is, but the way his team looks like now and having three bites at the RB2 Apple, having Chris Carson there as well as possibly starting Zeke in that spot as well, I don't know. Mike's roster has rounded out, and although he doesn't have all of his top picks, at least he has his third, fifth, Six, you know what I'm saying? Oh, he does. You know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying he didn't give up quite as much as a guy like yes. Nick to get to where he needs to be. And so. to be clear, I do think, I do agree with you as Mike as a winner. He rounded out his already solid team, and I right. think that's the idea of doing this. It's just different strategies, right? Ryan had to be creative. Mike didn't have to be creative. Right. That's all it is, and it's not a knock on Mike, and it's not a uh, 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 sucking off of Ryan, but it's just it's just going about it in different ways. Yep. But I do agree with you. I think Mike rounded out his for his team. I don't know if he was as awesome a contender if he doesn't make the trades that he makes. He might not even be. He might have been CRG, right? He could have been honestly what CRG is when you consider what's happened to Zeke, when you consider what's happened to Galladay, guys that he was really relying on. So yeah, I agree. I like it. We move on to. The losers. Fuck my life. The losers were tough for me because Dan was definitely in consideration here with all that he did, but the circumstances kind of took me out of the equation with that one. I don't like Rich this year when it comes to trades. And the thing that I... It's not about who he's ended up with or... I mean, it's specifically the moves that it's taken for him to get here. 
He didn't know at any point this season whether he was a buyer or a seller. Spending the second and six for Odell and for Janu, and then immediately regretting that and making a decision to counteract that. Then he trades Tyreek Hill. And it's like, okay, so now you're definitely a seller. But then just a week ago, you're going to buy for the deadline. And then now you lose a game. And now you have five wins and five losses. Like, you are literally, you are 500. You are right in the middle of the season of God knows where you're going to be. Are you going to compete? Are you not? Does he even know? I don't think so. He hedged his entire season around Jonathan Taylor ended up being, to, to be the guy next year. And we don't even know if he'll be that guy. I've never known on any day whether Rich is going to buy or sell with his trades. And now what he has is a first, no second, a couple thirds, no Tyree kill. Yes, he has Stefan Diggs. Will Diggs ever be better than he was this year? I don't know. Allen Robinson, who's gotten a quarterback. I'm just very confused. A lot of confusion for me. When it comes to Rich and what's going on. So. <laughs> a lot of confusion. I don't know why you're laughing. I just. <laughs> the way you said that. It was funny. I just. So, in terms of making your team better, I don't know if he's done that and he's given away picks. You could have done a real, real sell and gotten much better, or you could have gotten a real big buy out of it and you could have really maximized Dalvin Cook's season, considering he put up 83 points in the span of two weeks, but we saw none of those things. And now he's just 500. Feel like it's a wasted opportunity and that's why i call him a loser great yeah. guy though great i like guy. it yeah <laughs> i like it uh i'm gonna give an honorable mention to there could be a lot here for the losers i'm gonna go with nick for two reasons okay the main one just punting the draft next year yeah. i don't think the draft matters that much as i've already said but like jesus fucking christ him doing that fucks over the other buyers like me because that gives dudes like dan the green light to be like yo tyler boyd for a second Nick's doing it. Yeah. Fuck you guys. No. This is bullshit. Nick, you fucked over the whole trademark and I'm mad at you for it. I'm pissed off. Um, but no, other than that, like just, you know. It doesn't have a pick until what? The 7th, 8th? It's the 7th. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, like, I can't. I, I refuse to give you a win if you just say, hey, I'm just going to buy a whole new team. You're basically Jerry Jones. I'm just going to buy this fucking franchise. Don't fall on your ass. Yeah. The biggest thing is is if he gets some bad luck in the semis or in the quarters or in the finals, you failed. You have to win if you go all in like this. You just fucking have to. Even a finals loss would be a complete failure. A total, it it yeah. would be a failure. Yeah. It would be a failure. And I know a lot, a lot of our failures, considering <laughs> the circumstances. We talked a lot last week about it being a dumb week in fantasy. We had third-string tight ends and third-string <laughs> running backs and fullback scoring. You have mentioned another stupid week of fantasy because if we look at the top five receivers and running backs it's a joke it, this, from week, this week this week was so fucking stupid just look around at all our teams right like a lot of studs just ended up with like four or five points yeah here's the top five oh, i'm just gonna rattle off some names here's just the top players at the wide receiver position leading the way marquez valdez scantling cool d hop yeah willie sneed deontay johnson chase claypool cole beasley keelan cole oh. adam thielen on monday night was great dj moore Marvin Jones? Who the fuck are these guys, half of these dudes? <laughs> Running backs. A little less crazy, but still ridiculous. Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Ronald Jones, Naheem Hines, thanks, eight weeks too late, DeAndre Swift, who's fucking back, and uh, Devontae Booker, Rex Burkhead, just to name a few. Gallman was up there. Malcolm Brown was up there. Some guy named Salvan Al- Ahmed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Salvan, Savon Ahmed, Who man. Who the fuck is not that? in any way. No, no, no. <laughs> what no. are we doing no, here? You can't, you can't trip that guy. Great guy. 
great guy, stand-up guy. Seems like a great dude. I know what you're saying, and we've had this a few times. This has actually been a year where studs have showed up to play for the yeah. most part. But the last couple weeks have been really silly, and it was worth mentioning. So Scoring in the NFL this year is going to shatter records. Yeah. I don't know if you guys out there have seen this stuff, but it's like this is like the highest scoring output in NFL history by like a significant margin. I'll dig it up. Maybe I'll bring it up next week. That'll happen when teams like the Patriots have their entire defense yeah. opt out. And no training camp, right? Offensive linemen all of a sudden are dead and yeah. now they're strapped strip sacks and people are on the 10 yard line just like that. It's I don't also know. just like, it's so there's so much talent and we've talked That's about it. There's fair. so much good talent at quarterback, at wide receiver, running back. It's really, it's exciting yeah. times. We are finally going to move into the matchups, and we get started with Franco, who defeats Mike. He moves to seven and three as Mike falls to six and four. The final score being one hundred four to seventy eight. Franco wins the battle for second place. He moves up two spots in the standings. He claims a bye and tones. There's three weeks remaining on the sked. By the way, Franco currently leading the league in points for. Mm-hmm. He's won three straight. Tones. He did it on the back of this guy who gets our Greg Jennings. Performer of the week this week. I put the team on my back, dude. Alvin, you beautiful bastard. He's so fucking good. He just glides on the field, man. It's so crazy. 15 rushing yards, 83 receiving yards, three touchdowns. That'll save your week. 15 rushing yards is weird. (laughs) On eight rushes. Yeah, that's... It wasn't pretty. That's a total of 27, excuse me, 27 fantasy points, which essentially just buried Mike. And he had good production across the board for the most part, but Kamara, obviously the MVP. Franco's here, man. Franco's here and he's here to stay. The year he went to the finals and he got a bye week, do you remember that he was kind of toiling there? His fourth, fifth, and then right at the end of the year, he started to make his run, gets that bye, goes to the finals. We could be seeing a repeat right now. And it was another year where he just doesn't buy and doesn't do anything. He didn't is, need to. Is he the greatest drafter in league history? Listen. Especially considering he came in late. Like, he replaced Jared in year three. So, he had two years fewer. I mean, that's two years fewer of fucking up. But, I mean, Chris Hogan. Remember Chris Hogan? Drafted Chris Hogan? Picked him up? I don't know so what was. good. Absolute star. I then drafted him the next year in the second round. And he was dropped, I think, in week two. Absolutely. <laughs> it was yeah, absolutely. so bad. I, it's just the health has been insane, and I yeah. won't do another Franco dive. I mean, it's just he finds he's finding ways. Finding I mean, ways, he man. only put up 104, but we've seen him put up 140 and get those wins. Yeah. So, a couple tough weeks for Mike. It's been it's been a bit of a rough go lately. His point production really hasn't been there, and this week specifically, let's just talk about his entire bench either being on a buy or hurt. So it's not like this specific points output is something to freak out about. I do think that with his whole roster in place including the new RBs that he's going to plug into that RB2 spot, he's going to be okay. But it's been a little ugly lately for Mike Dotto, and now he falls down to fourth place in the league. My question for you, here's a pod prediction. I want your opinion on this. Do you think, given the moves that he made and who he has, will Zeke start again for Mike Dotto this season? (laughs) Uh, Let's check the sketch, shall we? Uh, Zeke, who has not had a 10-point performance since week five. Uh, All right. Minnesota, Washington, Baltimore, Cincy, San Fran, Philly. How about this? If Chris Carson is healthy for the rest of the season, does Ezekiel Elliott start another game? No, oh, you're really no. thinking about this. I don't yeah. think he does, man. How can you start him with confidence? You can't. You can't do it, right? Like, you would rather take the shot on Leonard Fournette breaking off a 60-yard run or... Even Gurley just scoring a touchdown. How could you, right? I don't know. 
I that's think that's tough. He's got a couple good matchups in there, so like you just never know. And who knows, right? We only saw like what three quarters of Andy Dalton, yeah. and like it's one you can't really judge it off that. And going into the year, everyone said, "Oh, he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL." There's a reason why they brought him in, right? What if he ends up just being okay? And now, all of a sudden, you're scoring points, right? The last time we saw the Cowboys, whoever that fourth-string fucking quarterback was, Gilbert, Gilbert, whoever the fuck was that, they were at least moving the ball against the Steelers, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say no for now, but it's a very soft no. There are some matchups that he's going to score touchdowns in because comparing it to Arizona and Pittsburgh, Dallas is going to be scoring points against teams like Washington and Cincinnati and probably San Fran and probably Philly, who mm-hmm. is absolutely, I don't know, Philly is one of the worst teams I've seen this Man, year. Man, they're getting healthier, and I'm like, they're I'm getting above, worse. I was literally drafted a text to Rich being like, hey, I think the Eagles are about to go on a nice little run. I think they're going to fucking win like four in a row here. They fucking lay an egg against the Giants. Like, fuck's going on? The Giants or the Redskins are going to win that division, which is insane. I still think the Eagles will win it, but yes, it's very plausible. The Eagles' end-of-season schedule is actually really challenging in comparison, and they only have two games left against their own division, I believe. That's a big deal, though. Yeah. Their division plays them tough. Anyway, this is Their division has, like, a combined five wins! I know, but, like, they just can't beat the Giants. Like, it's fucking weird. (laughs) The point of this is, I think that Zeke is going to be startable again. I just don't think that Mike's going to be able to make the decision with confidence because we haven't seen it yet. Like and bite I, him in the ass. I do think that uh, that Dallas's offense can it will get better because they can't be worse. It can't be worse. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I think we can move on mm-hmm. to Nick and Rich. Is there... Nick defeats Rich. He moves to nine and one. Rich falls to five and five, as I previously mentioned. The final score being 104-82. Rich entered Monday night trailing by 24. Had Dalvin and A-Rob against Justin Jefferson. In the previous games, Dalvin had 83 points in two weeks. But it didn't come through this week. Actually, Jefferson looked really, really good. 135 mm-hmm. receiving yards, I believe, for Justin Jefferson. So it's good. Nikki was worried, and I get it. Dalvin Cook can do Dalvin things, and he unfortunately couldn't pull it out. This week, Nick wins with 104. You wanted to make some comments about Rich's moves recently. Yeah, I'm going to, um, I, I, once upon a time on this fine program, we talked about you being the waiver wire king yep. and it was justified, but I think that mantle is no longer yours. I think it is now Rich's. This is going back to last year. Terry McLaurin, 18 bucks. Great pickup. Yep. This year, Travis Fulgham, who he's turned into a draft pick. That works for $2. Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Seven bucks. Dude's had double-digit targets two of the last three weeks. I think he had like a 40% target share this past week. Like, he's he's the only good receiver. He threw a touchdown, didn't he? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's why he had the fucking Yahoo, man. Just give me all the information. Like, this is all I fucking ask, Yahoo. The guy throws a touchdown. Give me the column. Oh, that's so stupid. Anyway, yes. I was wondering why his fantasy points were so high, and yet he only had... I was like, did he rush in a tutty? I don't know. I have to go to another website to figure this out. This is great. Fuck! Cam has only thrown three touchdowns. Jacoby Myers has thrown one on one pass this season. That's bananas, right? I'm pretty sure Edelman's thrown one too. It's crazy. But yeah, like he looks like a viable... Like, I don't know if he's starting him anytime soon, but hey, he's a valuable player, right? And then Wayne Gallman's the other one who's just been super fucking good lately. Like, he is the back to own um, in New York. So, yeah, I don't know. I think Riches keeps making smart fucking moves, and it's helping round out his roster. Last year, without McLaurin, he's not the one seed, right? And this year, these guys could potentially help him get into a playoff spot, which is a big deal. Yeah. Especially when you're traded away key dudes. 
Jacoby, I missed out by one, ended up getting Curtis Samuel instead, who looked like a total loser this week. Yeah, so that's what he does, man. That's it. All the talent in the world just My reign ended when I chose to pick up Jarek McKinnon over Alvin Kamara in that one week I had the number one priority ad. <laughs> we all fucked up. That was that was the day that it ended for me. So congratulations on Rich for being a gem. Um, Nick still would have won this week without that D hop catch tones, but uh damn. <sighs> Holy smokes. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills. I really thought, I really thought that the Bills had come out of being such losers after years of failing in the Super Bowl, back to back to back to back. But it's moments like this that remind us that Buffalo is still Buffalo and that you can't cheer for that team because these things happen. It was 1v3. Kyler, never mind the catch. Mm-hmm. Kyler <laughs> should be getting all of the credit. Maybe not all. Most of the credit. That was a perfect, perfect. pass. And at the perfect point of where it needed to be is when deandre hopkins reached out and grabbed that ball that was insane it was insane the first thing i thought of too is i was like do you remember it was it's my favorite playoff game in the history of football it was wild card weekend packers cardinals oh my god yes this is like three years ago yeah aaron Rodgers had basically back-to-back kill marys throws a stupid ass pass to get to like the 40 yard line to and then tight end I to believe. his uh, yeah some something like no 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 that was uh no who the fuck was oh my god it was that fucking loser receiver and he had the whole drive oh my god he's like a fucking grocery store clerk now but anyway it's gonna come to me but um yeah he throws one to the fucking 50 or 40 yard line then throws another one i think that one might have been to richard rogers mm-hmm. and that was like the back-to-back hill marys in that one playoff game it was fucked and i think he did it again in overtime i'm like wow cardinals fans it just got reversed for you this is amazing it was just yeah. a moonshot it was beautiful it was crazy i mean the chat legit spoiled it for me because all i saw was oh my god d hop and i'm like oh fuck something just happened and then i was a little delayed 10 seconds later i see it and i'm like i was still same. amazed it was yeah, crazy same it was crazy um and speaking of nick we should just mention the latest today on Chris McCaffrey, I mean, there's no news that we don't know from yesterday or the day prior, but it sounds like this is going to be week to week, and it sounds like this player is going to take years off Nikki's life this year. Man, I there's optimism in our group chat of like, oh, you might be back for playoffs, whatever, whatever. Sometimes when you just get multiple injuries, man, it's just, you know, you're just never coming back the right way. Like, and an shoulder issue, as we mentioned before, like for running back, how are you going to take hits? You know what I mean? Like, you got to let that heal up very very well and if they're out of it by week 14 15 why would you bring back your franchise player for two meaningless games i don't know that's the thing that none of us would have taken into consideration is that if he gets banged up to the point where it's the last few weeks of the season right when nick needs him he's only going to need him for two weeks weeks 15 16 Mm -hmm. but if they're three or four games out of a playoff spot with three weeks to go you just said it what's the point nick made all of his moves based on the fact that McCaffrey was coming back and was going to be James Robinson, CMC. Arguably an RB1 of all the world and the RB4 or 5 in our league right now. Mm-hmm. The stack without him doesn't look the same. Yeah, And I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to freak Nick no. out. He knows this, but it's it's scary. We got to take it We got to take it week by week. It's yeah. the ultimate week-to-week injury. Should we RIP Jonathan Taylor's season officially? <laughs> Yes. We did this in the group chat. We had the discussion back and forth. Rich Rich was very... He was on the defense when it came to how they were using him. And I'm not sure if you agree with the arguments that he put out there, but... I don't, I don't because, like, you, we can't... Well, different run plays, different run plays. Like, Jonathan Taylor excelled at running the ball up the middle in college. And he was making dudes miss left and right. And his burst was just explosive as fuck. 
None of that's there. You can tell he's just overthinking things. The holes that he's not creating anything for himself. I don't know what his evaded tackle percentage is, but I guarantee it's low in this league right now. I haven't seen him make a guy miss like one time this year. Yeah, That's what's concerned. I don't care what play calls you run. You could be the greatest running back in the history of the world. You got to make dudes fucking miss. And if you don't, you're going to suck. And Taylor's not making dudes miss right now. Yeah. He honestly, Rich better pray that at the end of the year, we find out that Jonathan Taylor has been just banged up and hurt all year and he was never right. You know what I mean? Like, if this is just a talent thing, it's like Trent Richardson-esque. Like, yeah. guy that was supposed to be super studly. He was the third overall pick. I know Taylor wasn't drafted that high, but like, he has all the tools and it's just not working. The brain just isn't catching up with the body here. It's very, very obvious when you watch. I was just about to say, I think whoever starts in the Giants' backfield will end up being Rich's RB2 for the rest of the year, but... The Giants are on a bye in week 11. So Jonathan Taylor at least gets one more start for Rich, but he has fallen well short of expectations since the bye. That's three points, then seven, then three. Yeah. And then he's got, if he makes it to week 16, he's got at Pittsburgh. So that's just not a startable situation. No, but, sir. Um, that's it. We put the wraps on Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the year. Dan, three and seven. He won a game. He defeats CRG, who falls to three and seven. Final score being 135 to 78. Dan is back. CRG needed 70 points from Chicago's defense this week. Entering Monday Night Football, he got 12. Janera has now lost seven of his last eight games. Everyone in the chat knew that Christian picking up Chicago's defense was hilarious and was almost a thing that didn't happen because Ryan and Mike decided to set the world on fire. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Nick Chubb is back for Dan because Dan hits 100 points tones for the first time since week four. That's also the last time that Chubb scored a touchdown and Dan snaps a six-game, excuse me, losing streak. His That's RBs, crazy. His RBs are good. His RBs are good, man. Chubb looked fucking great. Like, he looked dominant. Yeah. And when he's going, man, I know he was on the trade block early in this year, this year because he was trying to, hey, let's see if I can get rid of this guy and hopefully fill it in with a guy that's actually playing football. But, man, he looked fucking great. And him and Kareem Hunt kind of feasted, which I think can be a – they can coexist, man. Like, they, they, they can make that work. I don't think that's an issue at all, which is very crazy. But I want to talk about DeAndre Swift, and I know you do too. Yeah, go ahead. He's he's arrived, he right? Has, yeah. Like, he took over that backfield this week very clearly. This reminds Look me. Up. Yeah. So, the quick skinny on DeAndre Swift. He was the second running back taken in the 2020 draft after Clyde, who went fi- last pick of the, of the first, first round, round to yeah. Casey. And we were talking about this early in the season. We actually talked about Swift and we were confused because we actually thought Taylor would have been the next guy drafted. And when you talked about the talent, it was like, oh, how could they do that? Swift looks explosive. And his situation reminds me, a couple weeks delayed, but it reminds me a lot about what the Cardinals did with David Johnson the year that he broke out. And you and I watched that on All or Nothing that one year they first did that. And it was interesting because everyone knew that david johnson was going to be a stud he was going to catch balls he was explosive he could get through holes he could make his own room he He showed some flashes that year too yeah and he was playing third on the depth chart behind someone and cj2k and i forget who probably adrian peterson because he's been everywhere that's Um, hilarious but it reminds me of that when the running back who was injured to begin the season finally gets his legs under him and then starts making plays in practice it's like okay Little by little, week yeah. by week, we're going to give him the ball. And he had three running backs ahead of him, including on Johnson, including Adrian Peterson. Trash, and trash. And it didn't matter yeah. because all it took was time, and now he's here. And Dan makes the trade to acquire him. DeAndre Swift changed teams twice before getting to Dan, the third team this year, starting on Genera, and then Ryan, a guy that needs guys like this, gives him up. 
But Dan is super happy to have a guy that plays for his team mm-hmm. that's really good, and you said it. He's arrived. I think it's I think it's here. He played I think he like had seventy eight percent of the snap share or something like that, which is, is like he blew his previous total out of the water. I think he was like hovering around mid forty percentage. Like that's a big jump. Like that's a definitive like that's not game flow. That's like hey, coaching staff is deciding. That reminded me of what Miles Sanders did last year, and it was around this time, right? Yeah. And he needed the injury to make it happen. But similar to what you were saying about David Johnson, sometimes it just takes these rookies a little while and coaches need to warm up to him, right? And trust him a little bit. But when it goes off, it could go off. If he has a Miles Sanders second half of the season next year, or like like he did last year, look the fuck out. Because if Dan makes the playoffs, that might be trouble for whoever's the three, four seed. You just said it. Let's do another pod prediction here. Dan is currently in ninth place. Congrats, by the way, from getting out of the basement. But <laughs> will Dan make the playoffs with three weeks to play? Here's his remaining sked. Mike, Ryan, Franco. He has Stop. to win. He has to win. Has to win two of two. those games. Because he already, right now, has guys ahead of him in the standings that are two games up on him. That would be rich. Let's do this, okay? Yep. Lamar? Yeah. Terry McLaurin, who's been great. Yeah. Mike Evans, touchdown dependent, but he's he's working. Deontay, if he stays healthy, beast. The running backs we just talked about are good. Jonu is like every other tight end. Marquise Brown's absolute useless. If he makes the right defense pickups, couple kicker moves here and there, like I actually kind of like Jalen Rager, who's on his bench. I think he could be pretty good. He might actually be better than Woods. That would not be something. I think it could happen, man. I don't think Mike's team is like, like he's shown it recently, right? Like he's capable of duds, right? Yep. And I think as Dan's team just proved, it can go off and maybe compete with a Franco. Two out of three is tough, but I think it could happen. Like you said, right? What does he have? Three wins right now? He has three wins. So yeah, he at least has to win two. I'm going to say for the chaos, yes. Fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. I am going to put a pin on answering that question because ah, no, because at the end of this pod, we're going to go through the other teams that possibly have an option. But okay. all I'll say to you right I'll now, it. all I'll say to you right now is that doubtful. And when players are doubtful on Sunday, they're probably <laughs> they're not, not going to play. All right, we'll move on. And the last thing I want to say quickly about CRG, I can't believe that this guy was near the top of our power rankings, and now he has lost seven of eight. He was never the same after the name change of Pete Weber. He has now lost seven of eight. You heard it again. Gross. Let's move on. Ryan defeats you. God. Ryan moves to four and six. You fall to seven and three. The final score being a very disgusting, and I say this every week with your matchups, 87 to 84. Tones, you get your full squad back, and what happens? Buddy, for once, my IR was not used this week. For the first time since week one, and I'm all excited. Got some good matchups. Got everyone going. And they just straight up laid an egg, man. It just and it started with AJ Brown on Thursday, and it's just once that happens, man, that's that's not good. You know you're you're not you know you're flirting with danger. And if it wasn't for fucking Kyler Murray's dominance, this could have been even worse. But definitely a letdown. And I would be lying to everybody and to you if I were to say I'm not worried because yeah. I'm a little worried. Because I and and that's actually. I was going to ask if you're worried, but now that you've answered it, I just want to say that I really hope that guys like, looking down the list, Mike Thomas, Chris Godwin, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, I hope that they are all saving their best work for the fantasy playoffs. It was a frustrating week for those guys. Mike T, like, Breeze going down really fucked that because you could tell the whole offense is discombobulated after. Godwin looked like he was the main dude in that offense still, which is good. That is good. And Jones, the touchdowns just didn't come. And then, more specifically, Miles Sanders... 
everybody else got a touchdown except for him. Like, you had Boston Scott breaking off a 50-yarder on his, like, one of three carries, and you had Clement, who had one carry at the goal line, plows in the tutty. I'm like, man, this could have been a huge week for Sanders, and it just it just didn't – the bounces didn't go your way. Sometimes that happens. It's okay. I've said it – I said it before that those guys weren't going to have a collective, like – poop fest the same way that they did in that one week i think it was last week when they all came back yeah it kind of happened again again i'm gonna say it i don't think it's really gonna happen again so it, next week i gotta see some shit next week yeah i gotta see some stuff there's pressure on next week i need to put up a solid week or else i'm i'm just gonna have to accept my fate and be like hey let's just hope to god that this works out in week 14 15 there's no moves to make nope you're not you're not making trades it's all done right so you ride with the guys you have and yep. like on paper they're so sick but Quickly with Ryan, his team this week was Brady, special teams. That's pretty much it. His bench was hilarious. I can't, I don't think I've ever seen this before. <laughs> All three IR spots used, and then everyone else is either on a bye or also hurt and didn't play. This was an absurd amount of production of nothing. And thank God that Kenyon Drake played because I wouldn't even want to have to deal with the out, the, the crying out of what happened if, if they didn't. Um, and are we going to do an ode to AJ? No, but I just want to say it was a hell of a run for him in the NFL tones because he had zero <laughs> points this week. He had zero in week five and he had 1.9 and 0.3. Like it's it. It's done. It's over. He's going to be night. sick on Miami next year. Yeah. No, nice retirement spot. He's going to be a great wide receiver coach for the Bengals in two years. <laughs> Oof. The final matchup of the week is me defeating Rob. I moved to four and six. Rob falls to two and eight. 103 to 54 is the final. I cracked a hundred and hey tones. For the first time this year, it didn't matter who Rob played because he had multiple guys with season-worst performances. The Texans were the lowest-scoring NFL team this week. He had his quarterback, wide receiver one, and RB2 all from Houston. It didn't work. Um, I shoot up to sixth place, and I didn't put another poop emoji into my name. Here's my remaining sked, and this is where we get into it. <laughs> oh, here we okay? go. Here's my remaining sked. I got CRG, who's lost seven of eight. The only chance he has of beating me next week is changing his team name to Pete Weber. I've got Mike in week 12 and Ryan in week 13, okay? The same Ryan would just beat you, but anyway. I mean, it's not like he beat me with 120. Who claims the sixth seed? Because Rich already has five wins. Rich can be as bad as he wants. All he needs is one. Rich Rich is out of it. Rich is probably the five seed, right? We know this. Rich could even be the sixth seed depending on who wins. You guys got a leapfrog, right? Exactly. That's the difference. So it's a battle for six between the guys you named. The guys who are fighting for the sixth seed or that last playoff spot, however it shakes out, I think it's safe to assume with only two wins, Rob is eliminated. Mm -hmm. He has to win three of three. I don't think that can happen statistically it's me it's ryan it's genera and dan is the last guy and the problem with where dan is and now we backtrack to the question we asked before dan at three and seven at nine he has to jump over genera at eight because of the points for he's 60 points behind he also has to jump over two teams in me and ryan who have another win on him if one of ryan and i wins two of our remaining games it's over ryan and i both have to only win one game and we play each other one time. Dan is going to be, if he wants to make the playoffs, and for the sake of the argument we had before, if he wants to make the playoffs, he is asking for a lot from the fantasy gods yep. and from math in general. Listen, the fantasy gods are undefeated, as they put in the chat. That's, you know, me and Ryan's matchup, it balanced itself out. I'm maybe the luck is going to bounce balance itself out with dan he had a ton of injuries at the start of the year maybe it's all going to work out for him at the end here i'm just betting on the best team out of those four you named 
That's it. I'm just going to bet on the best team. I know mathematically it doesn't really make sense, but I'm just going to do it. For you, a lot on the line here. The streak could live. No? It can. Wouldn't that be nuts? <laughs> what are we doing here? I was texting with Rob. And How the I'm, fuck are you in this position right now? I, I was insane. If poop ends up on the trophy, which it won't, but if it does. <sighs> That's a legendary chiseling. Yeah. That's, that'll be a fun one for that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to email that one in. But no, it's obviously not going to happen. I don't want to make the playoffs, but like Rob did with me last year, playing spoiler in the first round is amazing. Wouldn't yeah. I love that opportunity? For sure. I think I'm putting my money on Genera only because he is definitely a better team than Ryan and I. And I actually do think his team has seen their worst so far. And because of the points for advantage on Dan, yes, Dan has time to make it up, but... I think that Kirshen actually gets it done. And with a game against me next week, which he should win, that gives him the extra win. We'll vault Ryan and I. He, I've got my money on him. Um, we're going to move on to the power rankings. Power rankings! The last time we did this was week seven. The next time we'll do it will be just before the fantasy playoffs. Week 13, coming fast. Do you Title wanna, of my autobiography. What? Do you want to go through <laughs> do you want to go through what we did last time or do we just want to talk about what we have from this time and, let's, and move up and down? No, let's do let's let's refresh the people. All, all right? right. From week seven, Nick was number one, I was number two, Mike three, Franco four, CRG number five, huge divide, then Rich, yeah. then Ryan, Dan comes in at eight, Rob at nine, Alexander at ten. Why don't we start at ten and I'll go first? Go. It's Rob, down one. You can't put up 54 points on any given week. The same way we talked about it with me when I put up 46 and got bumped down to 10. Yeah, the 100-point crying, no longer valid. No way. Rob put up 54, you're down one, you're 10. Who you got at nine? Number nine, down two spots, Ryan. Even after the dub. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting in seventh place, but it's still... It's not It's not a great situation for Ryan, even though the four wins are there. The yeah. points four is a joke. Yeah, team's trash. Next. It's, it's also more of talking about who we have later on. This is interesting for me is that CRG is down three spots to sit at number eight. He's lost, once again, folks, he's lost seven of eight. Pete Weber needs to return. Isn't this funny? Because we could be doing this in week 13, and where will CRG be? He could be in a playoff spot, but we might still rank him eighth. Yeah. Like, isn't that fucking weird? Like, he I could also know. lose his remaining three games yes, and be last. and be last, right. And he could I go all and, over the place. And just for the record, I don't think we've ever had such a discrepancy week to week from one guy. Yeah, yeah. We've never seen jumps like this before. It's crazy. What he'll end up doing is be sitting sixth in the power rankings because he'll finish sixth in the in the standings. He'll lose in the first round, put up 80 points. Six. He's just a bunch of sixes. This yeah, guy. This yeah. is what he does. He just. That's, that's what happens. Um, at seven, we both have me up three spots, and that's a pretty good spot for me. I avoided a poop. I cleared a hundred points. I've got some guys looking good. Jacobs looked like a stud this week. It's it's a good place for me. But the biggest surprise might be at six. Yeah, it's Dan up two spots. I just think if we're just ranking good teams here, like Dan's pretty much where he should be. Like I don't know. I think he's got a good squad, man. Yep. I do. Uh, we've got Rich at number five. He had won three straight entering this. And the, from the previous power rankings, he actually went on a tear right before the sell. And then he kind of bought. So Rich sitting at five is exactly where he needs to be because the top four are kind of on a different level. Yeah. Starting with four. Oh, it is a top four now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I am fourth and I'm lucky to be there. Down two spots. I've not put up a lot of good numbers in the last three weeks. We can call it injuries. We can call it disappointment. I'm going to call it disappointment. Not good. Yeah. 
Mike is at three. He's sitting exactly where he was before because the teams on either side of him, one fell and one gained. And that's obviously being you that fell and Franco moves to number two. Yeah, and honestly, you can make a case for number one, but I really like Franco at number two and I think he has room to rise. Like, Franco's... I've been banging on the drum for two weeks. He's got a good fucking squad that's trending up. He didn't even need to start Ayuk this week and still dropped a decent number. Uh, I like it. I like him at number two, and I think he's a big threat. Nick stays at one because he can't have nine wins and not be number one. He keeps winning. It's what happens. And to be honest, just going to point this out, Nick is on a record watch here because Nick has set the record in 2018 for the most wins by a team in a single season. No one else has done that. It was just Nick. We had a bunch of 10 and threes, but 11 and two was the best record ever. Okay. And Nick has a chance to potentially, with three weeks remaining, tie that. Pull, or... Pulling up the fridges... Even scared. beat it. Yeah. Let's see if he can. Yeah. Rob? Yep. CRG? Yep. Oh, Dotto Bowl, week 13. Very doable. If... Two the, of three there? If the Dotto Bowl ends up being the clincher between the best record ever or tying the best record ever, which he set for himself, mm-hmm. that would be a great, great matchup. And not yeah. just for playoff situations, because that'll be big for Mike, but can't wait. Nick has a chance to make history. Marquise, who you got? Uh, I like Dan and Mike. Why? Playoff implications for Dan, which we've talked about extensively. But if Mike loses the bye week dreams, if they already aren't gone, goodbye. See you later. He needs a big week. He just had a bad one. Don't string them together like I'm doing right now because that's a great way to fall down in the power rankings. Big game coming from Mike. He needs it. I have you and Rich, and this is big because just like you just said for Mike, it's a big deal for the standings for you. It's not so much for Rich because he, like we talked about, has kind of solidified himself in that five, maybe even six seed. But for you, if you fall out of the buys at this stage in the season and then have to play an extra game, that's not good. Yeah. You don't have the points for advantage. Everyone else around you has more. And you need those wins to be in second because Nikki is probably uncatchable at this point. And Rich's team is no slouch, to be honest. I mean, Dalvin, you've got to be scared of. So it's really interesting. And that's who I got for next week. Love it. It's this is a jam-packed monster of a podcast. Oh, this was a big one. We did a lot off the top, but I think it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's the last time, it's the last time we're going to talk trades all year. Yeah, thank kind of, kind of sad. God. Kind of sad. I was looking at the draft picks for next year, and I was seeing who has who. And usually I just go to the teams that haven't traded anyone. And that's very simple. It's Franco. But other than that, oh my God. It's a shit show. Even Franco does have other picks from other teams. There are some teams where you go to the top, and they don't have their own first-round pick, but they have someone else's first-round yeah, yeah. pick. And it's like, what do we what do? we do? I'm like, who is this team? I have no way of knowing who actually is what team. I want okay. all the vias. No. If you don't give me the vias, I am rioting. You then by myself. Prepare now. Prepare the riot. Burn the building Bats down. With spike nails sticking out <laughs> of it. I'm gonna carve them up, put notches on it as if I've done this before. It's gonna be ugly, buddy. If I did the vias, the yeah. spreadsheet, which typically takes me about thirty to forty minutes, will take me two hours. That's and fine. 30, 40 minutes. No, you got not, time. It's not. It's COVID. What are we it's doing? Not, <laughs> I'm doing. I got lots going on. Hey, no, you don't got shit going on. You're already late for work. Who cares? Uh, tones, it's been fun, <laughs> and we'll see everyone in week eleven. Oh. Wing time. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound, 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 sound. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for?